This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the county result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. And you can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The following podcast contains violent scenes, hard drug use, scenes of a sexual nature and flashing images. Now, there's none of that. It does, however, feature strong language. So if you're listening with small children, kindly tell them to... The dickheads. You're listening to the Scarf Bagara War. For county fans, by county fans. Oh, great flick up by Alan Armstrong. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Scarf Bagara War, the podcast for who, Russ? County fans. And by who, Dave? County fans. Do you remember last time when you, you were just mercifully unprepared? It was brilliant, that was. Limber mm. up, lads, we're back in pre-season training. I'm Nick Lee, joined this week by Russ Johnson. Hello, Russ. Hello, mate. How are you feeling after Sunday, mate? Quite sprightly, actually. I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Well, as I, yeah, thanks to your influence, I've started to move on like really quickly now. <laughs> um, so within five minutes of kickoff, I was over it. And if, only this morning, I was told that all my family and friends had been massacred and nothing, just nothing. Just, wasn't just, wasn't just, yeah. yeah, fine. Yeah, crack on. Also with me tonight, mercifully unmassacred, I'm happy to say, it's Dave Long. You all right, Dave? Good evening, mate. You all right, pal? All right, not bad. I, I was thinking today about Russ, you know, as I'm sure we all do at some point. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just hit me. I I don't know if you are. I've never seen Russ eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it just hit me. I was, I was just sat there having something to eat before the podcast. Not me tea, just a little snack to keep me going. I was having myself some crisps, and I thought, oh, I wonder what Russ is having. And I thought, and it just hit me. I was like, I've never seen Russ Yeah, eat. neither have I. Mental, isn't it? Maybe on eat. The only thing I could picture him eating, though, is like a giant football filled with county news. <laughs> <laughs> so, Russ, you big vampire twat. England's Italian... <laughs> England... 
England's Italian job went to shit in the latter stages, just like the film. As we've established, we're moving past that, and we're thrilled to look forward to a season of white-hot Vauxhall Conference action. I am actually thrilled to have domestic football back on the menu. It's just that my, my sincere comes across as sarcastic, so I'll just settle for this irritating monotone instead. Russ, what's coming up tonight, and what's it com- Who's What's coming up tonight, and who's, who's it coming with? <laughs> and who's it coming up? Yeah, um, yeah. We're going to talk a bit about England and the disappointment, and then we'll just get straight into county news. And what better way to drown out the county sorrows, uh, the England sorrows? Sorry, talk about county and talk about what's happening at county, and specifically the pitches. We're delighted to have on for his second time on the pod, head groundsman Liam Cash. Welcome, mate. Thanks, lads. All right. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm a bit. Uh, I'm reeling from Sunday, to be honest. I've got to be. Uh, got to be straight. Yeah, that, I, that hit me hard for the for, but the football moment that's hit me hardest for the first time in a long time. That, but uh, I'm all right. Good, good. Well, that's, it's a it's a great place to start. I thought I thought you was going to say you were you were like burnt to a crisp because you've been outside all day. Well, there is that. Yeah, I am. Uh, the people who say to me about me, my t-shirt tan is, uh, yeah, every summer happens all the time. To be fair, but uh, yeah, no, all all right. There's worse jobs to have, though, isn't there? I guess, but but we'll we'll come on to your job later because we've got loads of stuff. I'm sure we've got, you know, we want to know how many sprinklers and all sorts. We've just got loads of loads of questions for you. Let's talk about England on Sunday. Lost in the final of the Euros. How are you feeling? I just, um, I was not too too fussed during the competition up until about the, the knockout stages, and then obviously it just all gathered, gathered momentum, didn't it? And um, yeah, come come the final, I just obviously I, I, I just don't think we'll get a better chance to do it. And I know what people keep saying about Qatar and stuff like that, but I just think with it all being at home and how close we got, obviously taking the lead in in the game and then in, taking the lead in the shootout, just like. But um, yeah, such is life, eh? Yeah, I'd, so I blocked it all out, and now, now I'm, I'm, I'm I feel horrible now. <laughs> I've not, not thought about the whole home tournament last chance in ages thing, and now I'm oh yeah, sorry. Oh, we fucked it. Well, <laughs> cheers, cheers, Liam. Thanks for that. Day out. <laughs> Started. No, I mean. You, you just can't play on the counter for over an hour against a team like Italy. Um, we just can't afford to do that. We do suffer from some kind of inferiority complex when we play big teams. I've noticed mm. that. Same with Croatia in the last World Cup. Um, we start off well and then we go into our shell. Well, that's down to the manager, I'm not too sure. But we need to, if we're going to make that final step and actually win something, we need to get over this inferiority complex that we have. Um, it, the confidence by the end, by the time we got to penalties, it had just gone. The players just looked knackered, and I wasn't confident at all. No, I wasn't either. To be fair, looking at the size of the goalkeeper and stuff, but I'm not sure. I thought like throughout the tournament and a little bit in 2018 that we'd sort of start to shake off all that sort of not beating the bigger teams and get into latter stages and stuff. And that's for me why it's kind of a bit harder to swallow because I thought we'd 
come through all that. And as I say, it was at home as well and stuff. I just, yeah. I, I think the goal as well, we're like coming, come, it's a dead, um, it's a dead typical thing to say, but having scored so early, I do almost wonder if that affected us more than it affected them because it was like, shit, we're winning now and there's only two minutes gone. Um, so, I don't know. It is what it is. What do I know about football? I think I think there's there's a lot to be said for what you what you just said. To be honest, Liam, you know you you score early in the final. We've never been well, not in this generation anyway. We've never been ahead in a final. Just like just like the semi final of the World Cup when we scored, Tupia yeah. scored. We've never been ahead in a semi final before. You know, with this generation, so it is unknown territory, and probably for Southgate as well because he definitely got it wrong. You know, the tactics. He at one nil, he could have gone for it a bit more, couldn't he? And um, maybe, maybe got gone for a second, but he didn't. Yeah. Um, and I just wonder whether I'd, I know. I know it's any another easy thing to say. I just wonder whether it's lessons learned. And I know we had a, a fairly easy run to the to the final, you know, apart from Germany. But you know, it wasn't. It's not a Germany that we that we all know and love. Mm. Um, and in this in the World Cup as well, you know, it, it could be argued that was an easy run. But yeah, I just think it's lessons learned. Give Southgate K- Qatar. See what we do in that, and if if he falls short in that, then um, that then then I think he should go. It's interesting actually. Just 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 one more thing. In 2013, didn't the FA announce a plan? Um, and in that plan, they aim to get to Euro 2020 semi final and win the World Cup in Qatar. Well, funnily, I've got some thoughts on this, Russ, because I noticed you mentioned this on Facebook. Um, mm. It's the same. We had the same conversation a couple of years ago. With the you know counties, the previous owners had a five-year plan. Yeah, which was just basically words on a page. There was no, there was nothing to say. Oh, this is how we're going to do it. This is how. It, yeah, I felt the same about the FA thing. I think them hiring Southgate was just last chat, last chance. I think it was more luck than judgment that he's he's turned out to do well. No, I've I, I've got a disagree. I, I like what Sorry. he was doing with I like what he was doing with the under twenty ones. I think he was doing. Doing well, he was obviously respected by the players. I think they thought, "Oh, we'll give it a shot." But I mean, let's not forget that just before Southgate got the job, the F- the FA did a, a thorough process to find a new manager and decided on Sam Allardyce. So I don't think we can pretend that all of a sudden, after preferring Big Sam, they suddenly decided, "Yeah, Gareth Southgate is the man." I think it's purely a case of no one else wanting it. Which brings me to the next point: who's What's the succession plan now for if Southgate does go? Can I, can I just bring it back a, a few sort of sound bites there? When you, when you said, you know, that there was no, it, it, there was there was an aim, but there was no sort of steps out to get there. I think I think there was the the FA completely changed the structure of the coaching badges, and the 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 way that that those badges were taught and started to step that up through the the age group. So this this team now have all played in. In age groups for England, before you know they've they've come up together. Whereas Lampard said it himself on I forget which match it was. Uh, it might have been the final actually. In you know as a as a pundit, them players didn't do that. You know their generation. You know Lampard and all that sort of stuff. They didn't they didn't grow up with each other in through the England ranks. Mm. Whereas this this team has, and that will just keep on getting stronger as as we go on in time. Well, it's like what it says last on last week's pod about Southgate almost running it like a club. There is the the succession thing of like a pathway for players to work their way up. Mm. But you're right. You're right about the manager thing. I mean, Sam Allardyce. I did personally as an England fan. I didn't want him in the first place. 
Well, no, you know. it's, it, it's just one of those you know manager merry-go-rounds, isn't he? That he just gets a job after failing. I mean, I know he's done some good stuff. Don't you know? Don't get me wrong, but yeah, you're right. Who, if we do get rid of Southgate, which I hope they don't, who would it be next? Well, on, I'd like to see Eddie Eddie Howe if he if he was willing to take the under twenty one job. Mm. He's, out, he's out of work and he's turned down a few jobs since leaving Bournemouth. If he was up for the under twenty one job, then he can blood him as Southgate's successor. I, other than that, I yeah. don't see who's gonna. I mean, Sean Sean Dyche is probably the clo- one of the closest to earning it, but is he a sexy choice, really? Are, are, are people going to get behind Sean Dyke? I mean, there's still plenty of people who... It's not just a matter of questioning Southgate, as we've done on here, but there's people who absolutely detest him. I've, I've seen people on, on Twitter calling him a cunt and all sorts. It's like, oh, that's <laughs> proper weirdo behaviour. Yeah, I just hope that, like you say there, that Southgate has learnt from this. I mean, I remember going after the Germany game, going back through my timeline on Twitter and before we scored, everyone was like up in arms, slagging him mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we took our chances and won. For an hour against Denmark, we were poor. You know, they were by far the better team. We took our chances and won. I'm just hoping that we can kind of sort out that little bit of a little bit of a bump in the road there and actually, you know, be consistent for 90 minutes and be a little bit more aggressive as well. Um, you know, we had the chance there on Sunday just to go ahead, you know, get the second goal or at least, you know, try and get that second goal, keep Italy at arm's length. Um, and, and we didn't. We just started to defend, you know, far too, far too early. But uh, I mentioned before about the confidence and it kind of proved my point a little bit in Rashford's statement um, when he said that some, it, it, something didn't feel right during when he came on and when he went to take his penalty and he's, during his long run-up, he was trying to save buy himself a little bit of time. Mm. And it just shows that mentally just wasn't wasn't there, wasn't mm. just wasn't focused what? on it. And it's a bit of a shame because it felt like a bit of a penalty shootout from 2004. I expected David Beckham to kind of sky one over the bar at some point because <laughs> it, it just looked a little bit haphazard. Considering Southgate had been... The first England manager to come out and say, you know, he's studying the psychology behind penalty shootouts, and there is logic to it, and there is a way that you can win penalty shootouts rather than just kind of, you know, hands up, who wants a penalty, and then it's an hope. And it felt like a little bit of a regression. Hmm. Mm-hmm. One thing I am going to be glad to see the back of is the uh, the glory hunters who've jumped on the bandwagon in the last four weeks. Who you can tell don't normally watch the game. So, you, you know when uh, Chiellini pulled back Saka mm. Um, mm. in the most Chiellini fashion possible? Um, yeah. You see people, oh, that would be a red card in rugby. Well, it's not fucking rugby, is it? It's not fucking rugby, yeah, is it? Yeah. I mean, if, if it was rugby, you'd have to go and sit in a sim bin for 10 minutes and drink each other's piss. But it's not, is it? <laughs> That's the main thing here. <laughs> so that's good. It's like it's like when you go in the pub in January and it's nice and quiet, and all, all these people who don't go all year round are fucked off again. It, it feels like that now. It's like football's back with us, the football fans again now. I mean, they were fortunate not to have two sent off. I mean that that one could have been a red card. I thought it could have. I thought the Jorginho one as well in the Premier League. Ooh. That's a red card every week. Yeah, I think. Yeah. That in the Premier League, the Jorginho one is probably a red card with VAR and stuff, but 
VAR, I was always dead fearful with VAR, with with obviously how it's been in the Premier League, just thinking it, it'll ruin the tournament. But to be fair, it was it didn't really come into play, did it? It felt like if and when we scored, I was all, I wasn't worried about a silly VAR decision. Uh, but to be fair, we probably needed it then with Jorginho because when they played that replay, I think in the Premier League that would have been a red card. No, I was just going to say, I thought Pitford played his Jorginho's penalty really well because he waited, didn't he, to the last second? Because mm-hmm. the way he takes it, he gets the keeper to kind of lean one way or the other. Um, they were kind of analysing that a little bit after the semi-final, um, his technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and he looks at the keeper at the last second and then puts it you know, either side. And Pickford did really yeah, well. He can't do any more Pickford, can he? I mean, to, to miss, to miss, for, for us to... For him to save two penalties and to still lose, it's like he can't do any more Pickford, can he? No, no. I thought it was a, it was a great save for the first the first one he yeah, he saved as well. Um, just one thing I wanted to pick up on on the um, the, the players themselves. Um, they are all fairly young, the vast majority, and now they've got two um, you know big tournaments behind them. Um, I still think that the the sixty six thing is still a little bit of a millstone. Because um, Rashford had mentioned there was a lot of things going around his head um, when he was come on for the penalty and afterwards, and 55 years was one of them. So you can say, you know, things about the young players and you know, they forget the past and then they're making their own future and everything. But the, 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 the 66 thing is still there. Um, and, you know, we're also desperate for us to win something just so we can A, stop going on about it, and B, it's there, it's done, it's done with now. We don't have to go on about it anymore. Um, it doesn't help that the BBC show the highlights as well before the game of the 66 World Cup final. Mm. I think I think, I think one, one channel played the full match all the way through. Oh, fucking hell. In oh. like, either, either in the daytime or the day before, I think it was. I can't remember. It might be yeah. Saturday that it showed it. I know um, the BBC have got a little bit more time to fill because they haven't got the adverts, but come on, surely you could have thought something better than that. Yeah, it is. I think I think it's like with any any domestic club that hasn't won something for such a long time. As soon as they win something, it, like like United are the classic, really. You know, in '92, once they got that first Premier League, um, that first Premier League under the belts, they just kicked on, didn't they? You know, after after 25 years, you know, winning yeah, the league. Yeah. It's the same. I think it's probably going to be the same with maybe Spurs and Newcastle. If they ever win something, they'll probably just kick on. Same with England. The players will. It'll be a massive release for the players, um, and then, and then it'll. Then it, I think we'll just sort of kick on and, and, and win some stuff. There we go. Um, I was just going to say about Southgate and the penalty situation. With um, he actually chose the takers beforehand. Um, and obviously brought Rashford and Sancho on to take penalties. Um, I'm still a bit on the fence as to whether I think that's a good idea or not. Mm. Um, because you put in players in that situation now, whether they knew beforehand that they were going to be taking one. I mean, obviously, if you're coming on with a minute left of extra time, you've probably got an idea that you're going to be taking a penalty. But um, he knows he knows what it's like to be put under that pressure. He obviously knows pay the ultimate price, didn't they, of missing that penalty. Um, mm. uh, I'm not, I'm still, still not sure whether I agree with it. I'm not sure what, what you lads think about well, that. If you leave it till, till when, when it when it becomes an issue, if you leave it till then, you are going to have, like like Southgate did in your 96, he, he stepped up because he felt he had to. 
Um, so yeah. yeah, but yeah, I, th- I think picking them is a bad idea picking them beforehand because I mean nothing can simulate the pressure. And depending on what kind of game you've had, you, you could feel completely. You might have said for weeks before you'd be ready to take one, and then when it comes to it, you don't feel it. But what, what you were saying about Rashford before about how he said, I don't think he's looked right for about six or seven months myself. Yeah, but he said he's come out and said that himself, hasn't he? That he's had a poor yeah, season. He he's knows it. An injury as well. Um, yeah, he didn't get on. I don't. Did he get on at all? He got on briefly in one of the group games. He got about 10, 15 minutes, and then yeah, that 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 was it. Yeah, yeah. But what do you think, Liam? What do you think about the penalty shootout and and this pick pick it picking before? Well, obviously, before the event, we, 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 you can't knock him up. You know, having beat having beat Colombia on penalties, it was you know it was great, wasn't it, mm. to, to finally win one and. It looked like he got it right. The players seemed to have their own individual warm-ups, even to the extent, sorry, walks of the ball, and even to the extent of when they scored, they went to Pickford, and it was all about being in control of the situation. So, you know, you couldn't knock them in 2018. I think bringing Rashford and Sancho on as late as they did, it's incredible pressure that to put them under, and you know, to literally bring them on to take a penalty of in that. Uh, you know, of that magnitude, even if it had brought them on sort of 10 minutes earlier, it, it, it sort of hides over the fact that they've been brought on to take a penalty. Mm. Um, I, yeah, if there was to play more of a part in extra time, which to be fair, I probably would have liked to have seen us do, maybe go for it a little bit. Obviously, dead easy to say, and who am I to sort of question an international manager? And But I think to bring them on at the, at the end like that, just... just you know, it just adds massive, massive pressure to what obviously, you know, you can't even comprehend what that pressure is like to take a penalty in that stadium. Um, and it just, mag- when they do miss, or if one of them misses, it just magnifies that 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 mistake. So, yeah, just like I said before, just to, to save or, you know, for them to miss two penalties out of five and to still not win it, I just, yeah, it's a, it's just a sickener, isn't it? To, to miss three in a row, having taken the lead and... Mm. Obviously, the Rashford penalty is the one which I feel is crucial to just keep scoring. That means we've, that would have meant we've scored three in a row and, you know, the keeper's gone the wrong way and he's hit the post. And obviously, after that, it's dead easy to criticise his run-up and why is he taking it like that, you know. He had a mm. very similar run-up in 2018 and absolutely smashed it in the bottom corner. And, you know, it's so easy to criticise, isn't it, after the event because we're all so disappointed about it. It's just... As I said before, it's gutting because I'm not sure we'll get a better chance. But it was a great, you know, it was a great ride whilst it lasted. I wasn't fortunate enough to be at Wembley. I know a few lads who were there. It must have been amazing for the Germany game and Denmark and stuff. So, obviously, it's great all that to think that we got to a final. Um, but going back to the comparisons of 66, I'm, it's probably a dead unpopular opinion, this. But it kind of, it never really bothers me, 66. Like, they show it on telly and I'm always a bit like... That Alan Partridge gif, if you've ever seen it, I'm almost like shrugging my shoulders. Like I'm, I'm yeah. not long ago. I'm just like it doesn't mean that much to me. So, like I say, it's probably dead unpopular that, but it doesn't exactly get me going. What gets me going is obviously the hard take of say nineteen ninety six, Argentina ninety eight, Brazil two. Yeah, no, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Six is a bit too too far far for me, but. Yeah, just obviously, just such a shame, and but it, great to get as far as we did and to win. You know, I, me, and, me and some of my mates, I used to, every tournament, I've always said, I just want us to win 
a big knockout game against one of the big teams, and we did it. We beat Germany, you know, in, in, the, in the last 16 um, and got to the final, and it should be celebrated to an extent, but at, at the moment, it's so... Obviously, it's so sore, isn't it? It's so close, and we were so close. So, I don't know. Like I say, I think it's dead easy to criticise and dissect things and penalties and stuff, but on another night, it, that 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 penalty, Rashford's and Sancho's, it, it, they go in and it's different. And, yeah, it, it just all adds up to why it's such a bitter pill to swallow, really. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I'm surprised... I'm surprised actually uh, about what happened after the game mm. as well uh, with the abuse that uh, Sancho Rashford and Saka got. Well, as soon as, as, soon yeah. as the penalty shootout had finished, and I was so close to saying to my missus who was watching it with like, the, the common denominator between the three players who missed. But there was something slightly in my head that thought, oh no, maybe it'll be different. Maybe, maybe people won't be an absolute shower of twats. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if a, per, a person's skin colour matters that much to you when your team's lost at football, you kind of need to find something else to do with your time, mm. don't you? Yeah, yeah. You just, just, you just need to have a word with yourself, don't you? It's just absolutely abhorrent. Yeah. I, 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 I honestly, I, I, you know, I don't mind saying I just can't comprehend how somebody can think like that. Just, it just does mm. not compute. It really does not compute. Um. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. It's disgusting. I mean, it's good. It's good to see that there's um, some um, positive noises around banning orders and things like that for people that are found, you know, found guilty of this kind of stuff. Um, the, you know, the, the police have a huge role to play. Um, I mean, they can track people. They can they can do that very easily. Track social media accounts where they're coming from and stuff. But the companies themselves do as well. Um, they need to. Be, you know, put into place a system where you can stop people from creating multiple accounts. Once one's suspended, they're all suspended for that particular IP address. I mean, there's people that are better paid than I am that can come up with stuff like that. But, um, you know, the social media companies have a, a big role to play as well. But if there is a silver lining to come out from all this, then it does promote debate and it does the very fact we're talking about it now it promotes inclusion and togetherness doesn't it we've seen what happened with the the rashford mural um last yeah night. i went down there today it, actually it, it's not not far from my house that so I've, I've, yeah i don't, I don't walk up saying there's still still people turning up now putting messages on there it's amazing yeah yeah so it does it does promote that so the the kind of knuckle draggers that are purporting this shit um their actions are kind of counterintuitive Really, because it kind of does bring people together. So, bottom line is, we don't mm. want racists in football grounds. And on an unre- on an unrelated note, Boris Johnson went to the semi final, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say about about football grounds because we are all about to be let back in on mass, oh, yes. and which is fantastic news, yeah. by the way. Uh, but we all have a, a duty. We all have a responsibility to to make sure that this shit doesn't spread. Yeah. Now, I, I mean, I've been guilty in the past of when I've heard the odd thing at County, of just kind of rolling my eyes and sort of talking to myself. Um, now, challenging people probably isn't everyone's cup of tea, but um, the, the stewarding is being done by a private company from next season. I'm sure someone mm-hmm. will correct me if I'm wrong there. Uh, so they should be a little bit more on the ball. If you report something to, to, to somebody, you know, that, you know that, that should be acted upon. Um, but I, you know, like I say, 
we've all got a responsibility um social media in particular of banning uh, blocking people and you know reporting any any of that stuff is it not scary that one, yeah, one of the people definitely. arrested was a 50 year old kids football coach which is yeah utterly terrifying yeah yeah wasn't there a maths? There a maths teacher as well? Was it Rashford? Who yes, that or that's right. I'm a 50, wrong, uh, yeah, yeah, a maths teacher in his 40s as well. And it's just yeah. wow, wow. Like Russ says, you don't yeah. really have the um, have the words really. It obviously doesn't. Yeah, like as I say, like Russ said, it just doesn't compute really. But again, for me, it just adds to the whole disappointment of the whole event. You know, obviously that it's all. You know, it's gone from being so great to the victories and the. Possibly winning the tournament, to obviously not winning the tournament, but then talking about all you know, all all that sort of stuff after the game, it just adds adds to the disappointment. Um, just yeah, speechless about it all. To be fair, yeah, when, when, in, in, yeah. And, and before the before the game as well. Sorry, before the game as well. Um, there was people they were rushing, weren't they? Rushing the some of the entrances, the disabled entrances to get in. So, the, so it was so uncontrolled. So, I, I, I genuinely think that that could, there goes our our bid for the twenty thirty World Cup, um, and quite rightly yeah. so. You know, we, we're we're always spoken about oh England oh if 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 we couldn't get do a World Cup in another country you know you could just do it in England really quickly and we and we get it because we've got all the resources we've got all the we've got all the bell ends we've got all the fucking bell ends as well obviously yeah. clearly aren't we you know it's just that that embarrassed me as well not not as much as he. There's the abuse that was dished, you know, the, the the racial abuse. But you know, people trying to get to trying to get into a football match like that. I don't know. It just something yeah. just didn't sit right with me like that. I mean, they were you no. Know, the videos you saw, they were kind of um, surging through security checkpoints. Yeah. Mm. When you get to the grounds, the fucking turnstile there. What did you What did you think was going to happen? You know, mm. they're going to just let you in. But apparently, there were stewards taking yep. bribes. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, it's basically yeah. a case of put your money in my pocket while I'm patting you down, and the stewards yeah. make shit like Yeah, I read, I read, I read the going rate was two hundred yeah. quid. Which, you know, if 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 I'd known I could have got in for two hundred quid by paying off a steward, I would have got down. I would have got. I probably have done it if I'm if I'm if I'm honest. Yeah, mm. yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have behaved like a complete dick about it and start, you know, fucking trampling over people and punching stewards and shit. But yeah, if you can just. Slip some money in the steward's cold pocket, then I mean, I'm sure we, most of us, have probably had done that. I mean, the incentive there was that there was shitloads of empty seats. Yeah. So people, yeah, just yeah. thought, you know, if I can get in, I can get a seat. So yeah. I kept thinking that for about two, two, two or three of the games, I kept saying, I said, I thought it's supposed to be like two thirds fullness. Mm. It looked absolutely yeah. packed, certainly for the final. Yeah. Um, but I get. I don't know if that any of that is true in the slices. But if it is, I mean, of course, it's going to be certainly for the final tens of thousands of people who turn up and be outside the ground, and obviously the full of drink. That you know, it's an eight o'clock kickoff, so you know everyone's getting a bit leery and stuff. So of course, the security of the stadium have a responsibility. And if these things that have ha- if there is um, bribes and stuff that's gone on, considering the history in terms of stadium disasters in the past, it's if, like I say, if and it's a big if that happened, then it is it's scandalous, really. Yeah, yeah. I think there's the t- two on, main mate. takeaways for me. One, I don't think I've ever seen that many people on drugs at a football match in my life. 
That was uh, brilliant. Fucking mayhem, wasn't it? Yeah, just just totally out in the open. No one giving a shit. Why why not? Let's go mental. You're only in a final once, aren't you? But yeah, the the other thing, a bit more seriously, is all the stuff we've just outlined, all the trouble that's gone on, it's just another reason for people who don't like football to just sneer down and just pigeonhole all of us along with that. Because that's what's been happening all week. Yeah. Yeah, and we get, I mean, as England fans get a bad enough rep amongst um, fans of other countries, as it mm. is, even before that, and it's just like, what the fuck? Not, just not doing anything for our reputation here at all. For, you know, for decent, normal football fans, you know, go, maybe go abroad, you know, have a few pints and have a walk around a foreign yeah. city and go and see a football match, mm. you know what I mean? It's mm. just, you know... And yeah. again, it just adds again, it just adds the disappointment to it for me because I agree with that. The, the, just people were saying to me like we always let ourselves down, don't we, in, in terms of the supporters and stuff. So it just adds to the whole disappointment. Which obviously, if we'd have won, wouldn't, wouldn't have happened to an extent. Obviously, people were storming the gates and stuff. But yeah, just adds to the disappointment to me. Yeah. So just one final thing on the Euros. I just want to ask you what everybody's favourite non. Non-England moment was. Uh, mine's probably uh, Schick scoring against Scotland. I'd go for that one. Yeah, that was that was early on as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have to agree with that. I was about to say I'm a bit miserable when it comes to it. Like I don't really care about anyone else. But yeah, thinking about <laughs> that, where I was, I was watching that somewhere and. Yeah, yeah. That so. I'm sorry to be boring, but I'd have to agree with that. Yeah, oh, it's not boring. It's you've obviously you know your stuff, you. don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nick, probably, probably. Well, I have to say something different now, won't I? Because that was going to be up there for me as well. Um, no, pro- probably the outpouring of love for Christian Eriksen, especially when yeah. Lukaku scored the day after. And, and yeah, yeah that, that was yeah. up there for me. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's probably what people end up remembering the tournament for, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll be what what people remember. Yeah, yeah. Bonkers Monday for me. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. (laughs) France, Switzerland, and Croatia. Well, I I turned off uh, Croatia, Spain at three-one to Spain. I thought, oh, game over. (laughs) So yeah, I missed all that. That was great. Yeah, what a day! What a day that was. So if we move on from the from the disappointment of England and let's 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 think about county so favorites to win the national league stable winning squad that's probably going to get added to major investment on and off the field fans back in the ground proper definitely on open opening day anyway what's not to get excited about well we don't know what siders are on draft yet yeah <laughs> so hold your horses mate calm down yeah, if, if it's Summersby, oh, I'll be punching stewards. <laughs> <laughs> so just just let's just think about that opening day again. I mean, we've got friendlies first, haven't we? But think about the opening day against Dagenham and Redbridge at home. Yeah, isn't it? Um, yeah, you're walking walking down Bagara close. Well, if, if you do um, walk towards, down there, you, you, won't, the you won't get into the ground because it's a cul-de-sac. Right? No, I did. Oh, yeah, I did think that. I did think that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll I'll walk down it. I'll just come back. I you know just I'll just I'm go sure around the, the cul-de-sac. The residents will love back. that. Oh, it's a it's a cul-de-sac near a football ground, but like I say, it's a cul-de-sac, so there'll be no oi coming down there. And then you fucking rock up. 
Bloody hell. So, what's new at County then? Um, let's let's start with the three new lads that have come in. I mean, Liam, feel free to, to chip in if you've got any inside scoops on some of this stuff. You know, you might have seen him around the ground or whatever. Or you might even be part of the email shot from Simon Wilson. No, 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 I'm not sure. <laughs> Definitely. No, I don't know, to be honest with you. I mean, it's it's something I don't... Obviously, I'm not privy to or, or would be... would. Uh, expect to be or want to be even you know we're sort of busy enough in sort of my my department so it's kind of whoever whoever the players are at the time or the coaches staff at the time my sort of role doesn't change so it's, it's genuinely something that there's a slight interest I guess I, I, I suppose but there's nothing that I'd, I'd, I'd know of of any any more than, than you guys to be fair no <laughs> uh, so the three lads, um, yeah, they come from they come from pretty good stock, haven't they? I mean, one's from Preston North yeah. End, is he not? And we've beat, we've uh, beaten off or uh, beaten off uh, clubs at a higher level. Apparently. <laughs> 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 we've also finally received confirmation of um, the Scarf Bagaro's favourite player to be named after a font, Milenic Alley. He's, he's signed, hasn't he? The, the worst kept secret ever, because we knew about three months ago, didn't we? That he signed from Ashton. So he's one of yeah. them. Yeah. And then there's the other lad as well. Who, who is Russ? Who's the other it, one? R- Russ has written his name down. So we've got Lewis Earl. Look, I thought it was like going to be a really long Greek name, man, <laughs> the way you were. It was like you were taking a run up with the surname, then. <laughs> no, no, we've got Lewis Earl, we've got Ethan Pye, and Melenic Alley. So Lewis, Lewis has come from Preston North End. Uh, Melenic, obviously, from Ashton, as you've said. And Ethan uh, has just left Rochdale. Which is always the best way to... Yeah. You know. Yeah, Yeah, but certainly some some decent pedigree there, like you say. Yeah, that that was my that was my take off it really. You know, Rochdale and um, and Preston North End. You know, you 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 don't fall out of those academies and you know and 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 drop straight into the to a national league sort of first team if you if you're not decent. I say first team, you know what I mean, sort of squad player kind kind of thing. So yeah, should be good. And then this Millennium Alley, as we spoke about last time. uh, you, th- you think you're right, Nick. We we fought off Bradford, Oldham, Huddersfield, Salford, and Accrington to get him. So, so I yeah, know. I agree as well. I think I think there'll be a, there'll be a lot more of these signings. I think predominantly development squad players. So it's it's it sounds like we're not getting excited about them. I mean, I'm always excited for new players coming in, but uh, there will there will be a big turnover of. Young players coming in to play for the development squads. I think from from what's been said in interviews and what have you. Yeah, well, I, I, I'm I'm pleased that it's it's not just buying the Paddy Maddens. It's we're, we're yes, buying exactly, we're yeah. buying the the academy players as well, which was which was what he I don't, did. Stott ever say that was what he was? You know, it was part of his philosophy. I don't, I don't even I can't even remember that far back now, but. It's always important for a club to have academy players and having those players come through. Which, which again, again, pleased to see that. Stott had purchased the PFA Academy as well, based at um, Stockport Sports Village, which is where Stockport Town is. Um, and I think he's he, has he got Stockport Town as part of the deal. Yeah, 
I think so. Well, I think so because um, Josh Schofield, the young keeper who signed last season, he's gone there on loan. Paul and Paul Turnbull, Turnbull yeah. is going to be playing for them. Yeah. And isn't Matt Janssen the manager? Matt Janssen's going to be managing them, I believe. Yeah. So I'd, I'd imagine. We, so yeah, like a, a yeah. So it's yeah. all very interesting. I mean, they're they're Northwest County, so they are you know a bit bit far down the pyramid. But with this PFA Academy having been there as a coach for Stockport County Ladies and seeing what they do and things. I didn't really like it. I don't, well, I still don't like it if, if it's the same. You know, they, they, they charge... Robbie Savage is, is involved in it and they charge, I don't know, 40 quid for an hour for little Tyrone to 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 play, you know, do one-on-one coaching and the mums and dads chase the dream. That's what it, that's what it seems like well, to me. He needs something to do now. Fizz has left him though, doesn't he? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> so... I, I hope I hope that that sort of ethos changes and it becomes. It feels to me like it's going to become a Stockport County Academy in the borough based at Stockport Sports Village. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd hope it is. Yeah. Anybody else? <laughs> <laughs> I honestly, I honestly <laughs> love to be able to tell you more, but I genuinely don't know. No, no. You, I mean, you, you you don't have to tell us more. But what what do you think? I mean, you know, since I I, I don't know when we we. We we dropped our academy. I, I, you could probably tell me. Was it when we dropped out of league? Yeah, two? Um, I'm not sure. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was a year. I think, you, I think yeah. there was a year in the national league with it, and then I think it was. I think it was dropped then. So what would that have been? 2012. Yeah. Um, and then what's it been recently? Has it been, or has it claimed to have been this? What do you call it? This county Colts, is it? Yeah. So we've we've spoke about this on the pod before. The county Colts is is a grassroots. Outfit associated with Stockport County, so it's not um, it's not talent based because they play in right. they play in the East Manchester Junior Football League and the Stockport mm. Metro. I'm guessing so it's not performance based and it's not it, it, well it's not categorised anyway because we're not in the league. But um, it's a it's a bit of a side thing for almost for, for community really, unless they turn that into something where it is um, academy and it's trials to get in. And there has been rumours that they've said, you know, come for a trial when, in fact, it's not a trial. It's, it's grassroots football. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, just going back to the, the, the academy being dropped, I mean, you look at the players that we've had through the academy before, like Michael Rains, uh, Greg Tanzi, you know, the, these players, you know, Jamie Vincent, these players that have gone on to do stuff. Adam LaFondra, um, we've not had that now for a decade, nine, mm. nine ten years. Mm. And we're just about to get that back. Uh, I think that's a really, that's a, it's a really big forward step for the club. No, I totally agree. Actually, I would that something. Something I would say actually, because I did know or do know a couple of internal people who worked there at the time where it was when it was dropped, and I think that it was them who said it was either the league or the 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 what would it be the organizer of the academy or whatever. Yeah, it would have been the football league who I think turned around and said it was one of the worst things that they'd ever dealt with. Just, just the prospect of. Uh, of a club of, of, of our size, just completely not downsizing the academy, just completely closing it, or the centre of excellence mm. as it was called. And I guess, like you say, yeah, when you think back, obviously all the players who came through it. So, yeah, I would have totally agree with that. It's a it's a big step back, um, and I think there's a few things that have happened like that where it's a huge step back from um, going back to some of the foot what we used to be, a, you know, a, a proper professional full time club. And, and I think a few things were were dropped and that was one of them. So yeah, absolutely a massive step back if that is the case. Um it being a full time academy again, I guess that's the aim and 
you see obviously certain staff who are appointed and things like that. So yeah, it's a great step forward. Um, mm. but considering it was dropped back in like a, yeah, I think there was I think there was a year of an academy, and I, I, I think even then I think I could be totally wrong with this, but I think there was a case where it, of and I couldn't even begin to tell you any know any sort of numbers what it costs but I think it obviously costs a, a, quite a lot to run an academy so pluck a figure out the yeah, it could be let's mm. say a quarter of a million pound a year as a, again I could be totally out with that so but what I'm saying is I think there was a case at the time when the club was falling and continually falling that that was obviously a huge outlay so we don't mm. you know we might we might sign on 22 YTs and and we might get lucky we won. So let's say what, let's just drop it and we'll just pluck, pluck players out from part-time football. It obviously just shows how far the club fell, I guess. Yeah. And of course, all of these players, this well, all of these new players that are coming in, these young lads, they'll be playing on the pitches that you maintain. Yeah. Well, not, well, I, yeah, not the academy, not now. I don't know what the, again, I will, I don't know what the plan is for it, but there's, um, no, no. Yeah. I meant, I meant like Melanic Alley and, you know, the, the new lads coming in that are, that are going to be part of the squad, but this, yes. this, this sort of this youth, this, this focus on youth. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So they, I do, I do notice that to be fair, there's, there's a step from, and it's, it's at Stockport Sports where obviously some of the lads will come to, to Carrington and, and they'll be part of training, whether it's um, just the academy or whether some of them come for, come, come um, with the first team. Yeah, that is something that I do I do see, to be fair. And it's, uh, it is good to see that rather than the, obviously the part-timeness as, as, as we had for, what was it, six mm. seasons? Yeah, was it? How long was it? I've just forgotten now. How long were we in part time? Too, too long, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was about six years, wasn't it? So, before we get on to to, to you, Liam, and, and and your job, is there anything more about the, the you know the, the the fixtures ahead, the league the league ahead? I know I think we we touched on just before we went on air that Stott's gone to or Stott is going to Hartlepool, and and oh, yeah, and Bennett to Sutton. Mm. Yeah, good good moves for both of them. If, if yeah, so. yeah, yeah, yeah. Please for both got something to offer at that level. Please for Jamie Start anyway. Um, didn't really get a chance under Ross class season for one reason or another. And you know, if he can get that move into the into the league, then yeah, it'd be really good for him. And in other news, the Grimsby game has been moved to the Tuesday night, thirty mm. first of August, and Grimsby fans are not happy about it. Give it. That's, that's shit. That's it means us that. if we play them on the Monday, playing you know twice in what thirty six hours. Yeah, you can't be doing that when you're massive. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Travelling back from Southend and then playing again. Yeah, whatever. Our um, yeah. the, the away the away game at Alt has been moved as well, hasn't it? From the sec from the first to the third, or the second to the third. It's just, yeah. We weren't playing on the first anyway, were we? Um, so yeah, it's been moved from another date not to the new, third not new year's day yeah to the third yeah yeah fingers on the pulse as mm-hmm. ever <laughs> um so yeah doesn't really affect me that much probably you not you either i'm going to the alter game so it'll just i'll just go on whatever day it is anyway and i'll be there at the old match for, for grimsby so yeah 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 and the south end games on tv uh, Saturday evening kickoff, South End away. Yeah, 
a few cans watching the telly. Yeah. I was planning on going to that one, but it's going to be a bit of a pain in the arse, though, isn't it? It's about half past five kickoff, whatever it is. Well, yeah. it's a pain. It's just the first, mo- first month, I think, because um, they've got every team on at least once, yeah, so... We've got one game in. I think everyone's got one game in the first month, apart from I think it's Solly Hull. Solly Hull have got two in August, and everyone everyone else has one. I, I, I figure, I figure, I figure we'll be on a fair bit. To be fair, I imagine so. Yeah, particularly if we have a good start to the season, as we as people are expecting us to. I think yeah, we'll we'll be on pretty much every couple of weeks. I think like towards the end of last season, Torquay were on pretty much every week. So it'll probably be the same for mm. us, hopefully. But it doesn't look like there'll be any any streaming anyway. Now that we're going to be going back, no, going, going back in the grounds, so streaming is a bit good. of a shame. But oh, yeah, but I think once we're in the football league, they'll be able to sort something for exiles through the the I follow service. That's exiles only. So at least get back in the league, we can get the academy proper status, and we can get streams for people abroad. That's all we need. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Right, should we move on to should we move on to Liam? Yes, let's. So Liam, second time on the podcast. Thanks for joining us again. I'm sorry. Um shame it couldn't be in the county arms, but for your hat trick for your hat trick uh, one we'll we'll do it in the county yeah, arms. I'm looking forward to the county arms again, yeah. <laughs> um which just which just says really how long it's been since you last came on because it must be a couple of years now, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. Um, so, at that point when you last came on, you weren't working at County. Do you want to tell us how how that happened? Because now you are working at County. Tell us how it happened, what you do now, what a week looks like for Liam Cash. Yeah, I'm trying to think what it was, actually. I think if it was a couple of years ago, I'd have been at Tranmere, but not long. Um, so, yeah my, imme- yeah, my immediate job before coming back to County, I spent 18 months at Tranmere Rovers. Um, which was which was which was good, and it was they were a good club to work for and things. But obviously, when the county thing came about, which was from the county, was just recruiting and and what it's what what they wanted to do was to 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 um, make the maintenance of the pitches full time. But the massive thing was that we were taking on um, maintenance of the training pitches, which wasn't happening from well this season. Um, and they wanted to take that on and, and change things that were happening at the stadium. So before I came back, the the the, the pitch actually part was was maintained by a contractor. Um, when they basically, as I say, wanted to make it a full time sort of in house operation, which it mm. used to be a long I say a long time ago, back in twenty sort of thirteen when when I, when I was last there. Um, and as I say, yeah, they were just recruiting, and, and and I just applied. You know, I applied like a like anyone else would, and um, I was you know lucky enough to to come back, which I guess was it wasn't always something that I always thought about. But I guess when when the ownership changed, I think that I thought things could go back to that kind of um, full timeness, as I say, and a bit like Russ said about the academy, that it was um, it's it's another step forward or st- step. Well, a step forward or a step back in terms of what we used to be, um, and I think the grounds department is very much. It's it, it, it can be a, it's a department that can sort of get understated really because 
it, there is a there is a quite a lot of outgoings with it in terms of machinery and staffing levels. Um, so it can, you know there can be quite a lot of expense to it. Um, hence why I guess it was sort of dropped when when well dropped to a sort of a full time dropped from being full time maintenance to 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 being. Um, maintained by contractors so yeah I, I just applied for it and I was lucky enough to get the job and and um, yeah it was one of them where I had a phone call and it was you know it was a happy night in my house and just went went from there really just it was nice to come back it was nice to to come back to a to a full-time job not not something that was perhaps part-time or a bit voluntary or whatnot um, but yeah, previous to that, I was at I was at Tranmere, spent eighteen months there, and done a few trips abroad doing the job. And um, but I'd spent my sort of I'd spent about five years at County back from two thousand and eight. I started at County as an apprentice in when I was when I was just before I was eighteen in two thousand and eight during the promotion season. Um, and I'd spent five years doing doing it doing it there. Obviously, when sales sharks were there and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I mean, but now it's, it's it's sort of it's all changed from from what it was when I was last there. Like I say, the big thing is that we've got the pictures at Carrington, which we're looking after. So a lot of a lot of time is sort of spent there, and a lot of planning. There's there's, there's there's a lot of land, if you like, that we sort of have to look after that that we that we use. Um, so a typical week for me would be um, I, I tend to report in, in at the training ground a lot of mornings and. I've got we've got a few staff in place there now where we're trying to where we're just yeah we're just looking after the pitches basically we've done a lot of work in in renovating them and and trying to bring them up to a standard that the club want them to be at um, and then I'll 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 depending on fixtures or what 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 work we've done in the summer or we, I'll spend a lot of time at, at the ground you know that's obviously the main the main showpiece if you like and at the moment we've done a lot of work over the summer which is ongoing and pitch has been growing in now as I say. Um, getting ready for the getting ready for the new season. So yeah, I think it's just a, it's um, it's it, it's a all round. It's a it's it's gone back to being being maintained full time. But within that, obviously, is is the training pitches, which in fairness wasn't something that was on the club's radar when I think they were training at um, well they were training somewhere on midweek under floodlights on a three G pitch. So it, it's it's a massive uptake what we've what we've done. Um, and just loving it, yeah. It's great to be back, and you know, lucky to be part of obviously the new ownership. Everything's really positive. Obviously, a massive shame that we didn't get promoted, but I think that the um, the message from inside the club, I suppose, or it's just we just you know we go again, you know, and we try and try and try and do it this season and, and get back to the league this year. Yeah. So we've 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 been following the news that's been you know coming out on Twitter about the pitch and whatnot, and we 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 got quite excited about the number of sprinklers. It has yeah. to be said, you know, yeah. the upgrade of numbers. Oh, did I? To be said, yeah, so did I. <laughs> well, that, that, I mean, I've, I've got a few questions, and we've got actually got some questions from some people on Twitter as well that we that we'll ask you as well. But the, the, I guess the the first thing is we, we did get excited about the sprinklers. Grimsby have got twenty four, and we've gone from three to six, I think. Yeah, no. So what, what? The, the three, sorry, yeah, the, the, the three to six. That's just internally. Or what, well, what I mean by that is in field. Um, so we have twelve perimeter sprinklers, uh, which make up obviously around the edge of the pitch. But in field, we, we we did only have three, and we've gone. We've now gone to six. Right. When we had three, we just we didn't get. Well, for 
The reason why we've 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 upgraded it is because it's for two main reasons. One is now in, in when when we do a lot of work in in summers, which will become quite a which will become a a regular thing. We need to grow the pitch back in um, from seed, and we need to have a good coverage of water from what it. it if we have periods of complete dry spells of two weeks without rain or nine weeks without rain, like 2018, whenever it was, we need to have an adequate um, irrigation system. And when we had only three sprinklers in the middle, we, we didn't have enough coverage of water. Now, it's still not 100% perfect, but we have, we have a, a much better coverage of water. But the second reason, which is almost bigger, I guess, is through... The management requirements which is really common these days they want what they call a greasy surface and on a match day before this upcoming season we could only water with the three infield sprinklers we could only water a certain percentage of the pitch what the players and the management don't want is a sticky pick they don't want the ball to be um getting stuck in the grass and dry and um, do you want do, do, what the way one player said it to me once is they don't want to have to think about the first touch. They want to they want the ball to be skipping off the surface. So for us to provide yeah. that, we needed to um, work with what we've got to an extent, but look at how we could improve it and give them more coverage on a match day, um, which stemmed from we had three main or we still have three main infield pipes that run underneath the pitch which, as I say, they fed the three sprinklers. But what we've done is we've split each pipe and that makes six sprinklers. And we had to do a few checks with pressure and things and make sure we could do that, um, which were obviously right. So we can, so if ever, for example, you were to see the pitch being watered on a match day, that's not, mm. that's only ever to do with the, the requirements that the players or the management wants. That's nothing to do with any sort of grass health or making the grass grow or anything like that. That's purely just to do with the movement of the ball on the pitch, which is the same now as, as I've done the job for, well, 13 years now. That's evolved a little bit where it's become really just standard, really. I guess, I suppose, the, the old school days of the management telling the groundsmen to not water the pitch or to overwater the pitch to try and gain an advantage. It's not often, well, it isn't at all these days that I'd ever come across that. It's just pretty standard across the board that certainly with this management team, they want a as I say, a greasy surface. So that's that's where we're at with the sprinklers. We're not 100% right. We don't quite have the sort of the time to do, really, truthfully speaking, we'd have eight in field just to give us that sort of 100% coverage of that, as I would put it. But we've got enough, more than enough, well, enough what we need to do for this for this next season or two. Nick, Dave, do you want to... Ask a question because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want it to be the, the Liam and Rush show. You see, that's all. No, I was. I was every show is Liam and Rush show in our heads. Um, <laughs> no, because after after the West Ham game, I think it was the general consensus that the pitch was fucked and <laughs> wouldn't be and wouldn't be playable until next season. Is that a, is that so, a horticultural term? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I, I saw I saw that on the Chelsea Flower Show, Prince Charles. Prince Charles said it about some daffodils. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, how, how much of a job was it when when you came back in to get it? Because even towards the end of the season, it looked absolutely top notch again. Yeah, I think I guess speaking as a groundsman, I came in at a nice time where where springs on the horizon and sort of nature can help you in that way. As much as nature kills you a lot of the time, it can help you in terms of the temperatures naturally rise and. 
there's more daylight in, in around, which obviously helps. Um, and it was just about sort of bringing it back as much as we can to the end of the season, which obviously went on longer than normal in terms of playing a playoff game in mid-June, which is just completely unheard of for me. Um, and we just, as I say, we brought we we just we brought it back in terms of putting certain products on the pitch and certain bit, little bit little bits of investment from from above, which obviously helps and which is a massive part of the job, by the way, in terms of giving what you are, you know, the tools that I'm given to do the job is is everything. Um, but it's not what we've done this summer. It's not it's not a new pitch. A lot I've seen a few comments and people said to me, "How's a new pitch coming on?" It isn't a new pitch. What we've done is we've just we've renovated it significantly, but it's not a new pitch. A new pitch would be something where we would dig out the whole surface, and, and I'm talking you dig around roughly, you dig a, half a meter of the complete profile of the surface out, and I'm talking actual diggers on the pitch and you literally start again from drainage and you add in completely new material. So we've not done that. Hopefully that might come in the next couple of years, depending on, I guess, depending on what league we're in. Um, But what we've done is we've, we've renovated it. So we're pretty, we've extensively renovated it in terms of some of the drainage that we've done, but other and the irrigation with the sprinkler work is, is obviously a bit sort of, that's tailored to what we kind of need. But other than that, it's pretty standard what we will kind of do moving forward as long as we get the, 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 a, a certain time in, in, in the summer. Uh, we just kind of... I've had it over the years at clubs where people wonder why you're doing the job. You're not necessarily repairing the pitch from the previous season. You're actually preparing it for the following season, which is what we've done, you know, what we've done this summer. We've not we've not constructed a new pitch. I'd love to. I love you know. Like I say, hopefully that day will come. But we're not. It's just a as it's just a renovation, as I'd call it. Yeah, couple couple of things I wanted to ask. Um, the first one is the part, the, the side on the in front of the Vernon stand, the, the together stand, I should say. Now um, doesn't get a lot of sun down there, does it? So what kind of problems does that? Yeah, no, huge. That's that's probably one. That's, that's one of my biggest headaches. To be fair, so sunlight in the job is a massive thing for 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 me. Um, and the Vernon side, or sorry, yeah, as you say, yeah, the together side is 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 our side that's in the shade. Now I've worked at places. Don't get me wrong, where it's a hell of a lot worse than that. But still, we have in from sort of October, November onwards through to March, we have pretty much that half of the pitch in in shade, um, and that. And basically, what that how that affects me is I don't we won't get that natural recovery that the grass plant will give you when it's in the summer or it's in the spring and it's got twenty degrees heat on it and it's got the sunlight. Um, so we start to see that area of the field that's affected more than more than another more than the rest. Now, what we try to do to counteract that is we, which you see a lot of the big stadiums around the world, to be fair, is the artificial lighting, which we have invested in. And they do help, and they will help. Um, but yeah, shade is 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 a groundsman's yeah one of one of a groundsman's biggest nightmare. To be fair, just historically, it's not that time yeah. it's been the worst. And we just try and um, move the lights around what we have as much as as, as much as we can, and, um, and and try and protect that area and try and give it that recovery that the rest of the pitch does get, and that doesn't get. Nice one. 
So, you're, you're, Dave, you sound you're absolutely couple... fascinated by this talk of, of talking brass. No, no, I am. Yeah, yeah. I was just, I was just <laughs> waiting for you to to, to uh, add a little bit more on the on there. But the second one was surrounding the supports for the old rugby post. Which, yeah, which, yeah. Which, which oh, just yes. kind of fascinated me because you think that you know when's the last time that Sale Sharks have played on there like ages and ages years ago, wasn't it? And they've always been there and. It just makes you wonder how much of their other shit is lying around. It's, it's just weird. It's like, <laughs> did did did, they, did we always know that they were there and just like we've just not had the you know the resources to be able to you know get them removed yeah, or whatever. I, I think so. I think there's a little bit of that. I think the word that we were doing, we've 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 added um, what what we call a secondary drainage system to the pitch, which in, which connects the top of the surface to the main drains that run below the pitch. And by doing that, we had to go. Um, the, the machine that we had to use would have would have basically hit the the, um, the rugby sockets, which, to be fair, I always knew were there because I mean I spent many a time putting the rugby poles up and down back in late two thousand, so I always knew where they were. Um, we had a bit of a debate at the time whether they were going to come out or not, and to be fair, it was just a case of we had the machinery on site to do it. Um, and we just ripped them out, and it was yeah a bit of a nice feeling to get them out. To be fair, but it wasn't a massive mm. plan to get them out. It was just, but yeah, I, I agree with you. When you see the pictures of him coming out, it is quite, it is, yeah, it's quite fascinating in a way to think that they were underground for all that time. Yeah, um, and I guess, like I say, a bit of a, a nice feeling that, that, that they're out of the ground now. I was kind, yeah, I was kind of hoping that. You were kind of doing all the you know the stuff for the drainage and that, and nobody knew they were there. And you were digging, <laughs> like dink. Like, <laughs> What's this? What is it? So I think an exploded bomb or something like that. I think they've been shaved down. I think over the years because there is op- pitch operational work that you need to do, which means you'd hit them. Um, but no, yeah. we we knew they, they, we were we knew that they were there. There was there was a, it wasn't a massive plan to get them out. It was just as I say, we had the machinery on site to do it, um, and yeah, and they're out now. And it meant that we could do the work that we wanted to do consistently, rather than avoiding them and lifting up lifting up over them, so to speak. So um, yeah, not as not as sort of technical as you might have thought. The re, the planning wasn't necessarily in place to do it. We just sort of we had a week of work going on and we had some machinery on site and, and a decision was taken quite quickly to just sort of whip them out whilst we had the chance. Was there a temptation to go and just dump them on Brian Kennedy's front door? <laughs> <laughs> I think there is still some of the old posts still somewhere, somewhere in the ground, some of the old sockets and posts somewhere. I don't know where, but um, yeah, no, them, them days of the rugby. Well, I hope are long gone. Yeah, I don't want to go back to sharing the pitch with them. What if it's like an ancient Indian burial ground and that's what's stopping us getting back in the football league, the, the rugby posts? We'll have, to, we'll have to have a crowdfunder to get them out. <laughs> um, we have got a question. We've got a, we've got a couple, of, couple of questions, really. I've, I've pulled out the two sensible ones, but... This one, I, I think you've kind of already an- answered it. It's John Billsbury, friend of the podcast. Um he says there's always a soggy patch on the right-hand corner of the pitch if you look from the Cheedland. It'd be interesting to know if the cause is known or how it's been addressed. But I think you probably answered that with 
with with the with what Dave said about the uh, you know no light getting to what you know under the together stand. Yeah, there's an element of that that anything on that side that shade has an effect on it. But what we've done, which hasn't been done for ten or even eleven years, is as I've said, we've added a secondary drainage system, which. The way I kind of see it is, is it's insurance for us. So what, how the pitch is, we have a main drainage system underneath the pitch, which runs on the width of the pitch. So they, they run from from main stand to together stand. Um, and then on the length of the pitch, we've installed um, what we call excavated sand slits that run every metre on the length of the pitch. And they interconnect, as I say, in terms of getting the the idea is that we get the water away from the top of the surface to the drains as quick as quickly as we can. And as I mm. say, it's a bit of an insurance policy. But that area in front of the the, um, the together stand is, we hope, obviously, that we've 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 covered that in 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 the work that we've done. But you know, ultimately, if we it, the pitch in the makeup that it is, as I, as I go back to before it, because it isn't a new pitch. The, the construction and the profile of the pitch is still the same as much as we've freshened up the top of the surface and we've added a lot of new material and we've cultivated it in and mixed it in and, and changed a couple of things. The makeup of the pitch is still the same. So if we were to run into um, uh, two or three sort of back-to-back home games in, sort of in January, February, then nothing is to say that we wouldn't go through a you know a similar or, well, hopefully not a similar, but an issue like last year where the pitch can... The pitch can suffer. You have, you know, you might go Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday in February or January, and it's and it's not stopped raining all week. We're not quite at the stage where we can guarantee that we can take that without, you know, without coming out of the other side any issues. As I say, the work that we've done is a, is I like to look at it as an extra sort of insurance policy and work that was really needed to be done. Um, we've done things like we've, we've took all the grass off the pitch, which which means that we've cleaned out all the vegetation that just sort of grows over time. Anything that comes that you might see in your garden, what a lot of what we call organic matter, which kind of can be old grass clippings or fertilizer that can gather on the top of the pitch, which clogs up your drainage rates or slows up your drainage rates. Uh, we've changed the grass species through doing that. We've got a hundred percent coverage of of one in particular grass species that which is more conducive to football and it gives the manager that greasy surface that he likes and it gives that it presents the pitch like I and the club wants it to for supporters and directors and visiting mm. on a match day it gives you that image of a pitch that we all want to see so there's a lot that we've done but the ultimate I guess is to put in a, in a new surface and maybe go down the route of getting what you call a stitch pitch or a hybrid pitch which is the pitch that people think is sort of part synthetic which a lot of the premier league teams have and championship teams have that's the that's obviously the aim for us the reason teams do that is it just gives you that stability where you don't see any sort of divots that are kicked out of the pitch it's a, it's pretty much 100% natural pitch but you've got the artificial fibers that are stitched in like a basically like a giant sewing machine which gives you that sort of stability in layman's terms, you couldn't dig a hole in that pitch if you tried. It's solid and it's it drains for fun and but plays like a natural pitch. That's the that's somewhere that that we we want to go want to go to. But there's huge costs to that, and you need a huge window in the summer to be able to do it as well. 
Yeah. yeah, I noticed that Leicester always have nice patterns on the pitch, don't they? Are you, are you going to put nice patterns on the pitch with your mowing and, and stuff like that? And yeah, could you put t- could you put TSPW on it for us, one man? Yeah, yeah I, I can fuck off less like that. Fair bit. It's just never something that. Well, one time it's not exact time. It's a, it, it is a huge time. It takes a lot of your time, obviously prepping for the game. Um, but it's also never been something that's never really got me. I've never I've never been fussed about patterns. I'm more of a classic checkerboard pattern and it's yeah i'm not someone who's who's fussed by patterns i think they can and it's only a personal opinion but i think they can start to look a bit tacky and a bit i don't know mm. like do you have to measure do you have to like measure them out is that how you do it i don't yeah, know yes yeah, yeah so you'd measure different whatever you whatever way you wanted to do it it would take a bit of planning and measuring which obviously we could do but it's just uh, time is one is a small thing but the other thing is just a personal preference of mine i'm more of a Speaking as a pure ground and now more of a classic sort of just yeah you you like the sensible soccer look yeah just, yeah just the normal sensible soccer look with none of the none of the fancy yeah stuff. I mean it was banned I mean I think it was only the Premier League to be fair but it is banned some of the patterns because um, linesmen believe it or not go off some ah right in patterns yeah. and things so which oh, says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. says a bit yeah that says a bit to me that it's there's I guess there's a time and a place for it and as I say I do get not necessarily a request, but people would ask that up quite a lot. But uh, as I say now, I'm not too... Uh, it's something that doesn't really interest me. Let's hope Simon Wilson's not been listening and got some ideas because he might turn up tomorrow and say, you know what, Liam, I fancy a nice herringbone pattern. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I guess obviously that would have to be provided in that case. But no, no, the club are good and I can, you know, leave me to leave me to what I do and, and, and stuff and... It's more my relationship, I guess, is more with the management and what they, what trying to provide, well, trying to provide us as a club basically what what we can to make to try and make sure we get we get results on on a match day, which goes back to what we do at the training ground. We're trying to replicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have you know this three or well, three and a half pitches that we look after, and ultimately the aim is that we have um, three and a half pitches that are exactly the same. What they train on, on in the week is what they play on at home, at least on on a on a Saturday. We're blessed that yeah. having to really yeah. taking on there in terms of the infrastructure of the pitches, the the construction of them, the the sprinkler system that we have there. So, yeah, we're blessed in terms of where where we train at the moment in in terms of that. But there's a lot of work that goes on down there, which obviously goes unseen, and and that's the real sort of hub of the club, I guess, the training ground, the pitches, and. And obviously, what 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 the team do, other than not training on them, but um, that that's the aim. That's the aim for me is to try and pr- provide training pitches that are as are as close to stadium standard as I'd call it as possible. Yeah. Tell us about tell us about um, the World Net Big Tam Vets. What's that all about? Who's asked you that? <laughs> um, who do you th- well, you could probably hazard a guess, could you not? Yeah, well, possibly. No, so th- yeah, so that is uh, it's this weekend that so. The World Net is um, it's a it, it's a yearly tournament that we that, that the Stockport County fans team go on. So the Stockport County it, well the Stockport County Internet fans team, which it was. Oh right. We would um, <laughs> we would play. There was a time where we would play pretty much every Saturday morning against the team, but there was also a time where I guess about seventy five percent of the ninety two league clubs had a fans football team. Um, in a league, and we were very much part of that league for a while, and we'd play every week. So, for example, and I remember doing it 
countless occasions where we'd play Mansfield away or Peterborough away, we would take a fans team and we would play against Peterborough fans in the morning. Um, but it all accumulates to a tournament in the summer um, called WorldNet, Net being the internet fans team, the internetness of it. And WorldNet, I mean, there is teams who do come from, well, I think RC Lens come from France and there's a team from Nigeria that comes over. And it's basically a huge fans team tournament where you draw in a group and, and, and you play in the group on the Saturday and knock out. But you re- what's obviously nice about it is you're representing the club and we put a county kit on. And I think this year in the group, we've got Ipswich, Doncaster and Rotherham. And yeah, it's great fun. It's basically two, it's two nights sort of heavy drinking, to be fair, um, and playing football, which, you know, we're in the vets, vets one now. So the standard's not great. It's all a lot of fun. Um, and it's, but to be fair, it's something that we've done. Well, I've done it since 2006. I've only missed a couple of years, but there's some guys who've done it since 1996. It's something that's been running for a long time, but always something that I look forward to every year. It's a great weekend. Cool. Just one, one last one from me, Liam, just out of interest. Um, obviously, we know that the, the pitch had quite a lot of problems last season bad weather and everything, you know, over the winter. Was there any games that were close to being called off? Because we had a fantastic record of just not having any called off again. And it's, um, all, you know, credit to yourselves for that. But was, fair, was there any no, that were close? It's credit to, to, to you know, the, the, there's a big there's a big team behind it. And way before I came back, just, and there's still guys, the guys who were doing it at the time, and there's still guys who do it now, massive credit to them. There was, the older shot game was nearly off for a frozen pitch, which was on, which was a great achievement to get that game on. Um, I think the Sutton game was close to being called off for a waterlogged pitch, and the Dagenham game would have been a close call, but it was called off for um, COVID. I think Dagenham had COVID, I think, and then we played them on a Tuesday. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah I mean, there's always... I mean, sometimes that... that that quite it's quite common really. Whereas a grounds team, you, you can be fighting to get to get games on, and not really many people will know about it. The only time people will know about it is if there's a pitch inspection. But no, there is, there, there is a big team behind it, um, and some people who put in long hours and don't get any credit and stuff. So, but yeah, there's this. I've been there where the the whole West Ham thing. I've been there where your pitch can fall apart on a game. It, it doesn't take that much really where you. You know, if you think about that West Ham game, what was it, a Monday night, Tuesday night, whatever it was, it's rained all day and an unbelievable downpour during the game. And it's as a groundsman, it's the very, very last thing that you need is, is your pitch to be played on at that time. And it can just kill you for, for the next few months, basically. As a groundsman, I'm always watching the cup draws. If, if I can get a few away cup draws, it makes my life easier. <laughs> I get very very boring listening to them because it just means that we can either it can mean we have either have a two week break on the pitch or we have two games in sort of seven or eight days and it can it can to be fair in the winter it can make a big difference that but um, we'll see obviously see what this season brings with it all um, but to be honest, the older shot one I wasn't there I wasn't back at the time I was I, I heard a few stories it was a bit of a miracle that that game was on I think this season the fro- for a frozen pitch. It's a shame that it didn't, didn't get called off because we drew him. Rooney missed a penalty, That's and then that, and then that, and then obviously that that is a groundsman's thing as well. You have that, and I've been there again 
where you're fighting to get games on and all you want is a win and it doesn't work out. And yeah. <laughs> you'll have to become a little bit flatline with it all, really, because even it, we might lose games in the last minute or whatever. And you obviously there's a lot of work that goes on after games that I guess people don't see. And you just that it, it, it is, it has to become a job, which it very much is to me. Um, you can't sort of get emotionally involved, even though, you know, it's it's hard sometimes, I guess, obviously the playoff defeat for it is one example, but you have to become a bit sort of flatline and produce the pitch consistently week in, week out for the, for the, for the team. And hopefully it, it's for the greater good in terms of results and, and, and at the end of the season. But I have been there where you could sort of emotionally get involved in it and, it and it affects you because you're a fan ultimately and, you know, leaving the ground like everyone else where we have maybe sort of two or three hours work after the game on the pitch when everyone else has sort of left. So you have to kind of sort of block all that out really, which comes, I guess, in just that's like anyone's job in, in, in that's not in football, you know, your job's your job and your private life's your private life. And it's sort of, I've adapted that. It took me a while to adapt that, but I've adapted that where it is. It's my job, not my, not my team, really. Oh, well, next time we get an away cup draw, I won't be so, so bitter about it that we always yeah. get crap cup draws. I'll yeah, you think... ask my missus when I'm watching cup draws on a Monday night. I'm praying for an away draw sometimes. FA Cup, it's some of the other competitions that that can sort of kill you, like your youth cup game or your. Yeah, Papa John's or the FA Trophy and stuff like that. The FA Cup's the FA Cup, and it's great to be part of it. And obviously, when you're working in it, it's nice to host big games and stuff like that. But yeah, some of the other 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 cups that, which as a groundsman, you can very much do with four or five away draws. Well, they've actually abolished replays in the FA Trophy from this season, finally. So that's that's one less thing to worry about. I didn't know that, Nick. Thanks for that. Jobs are good, and jobs are good, and just need to. Uh, Make sure we win all our other rounds first time in the FA Cup and we'll be fine. We'll, we'll think of you when we go into Gillingham away in the third round, Liam. We'll think, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least, least Cashy's got a good week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm the one person that's happy, I think, if we get an away draw. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, I love it. Right, I think I think that's probably a good place to stop because we're on an hour and 20 already. Um, so... Yeah, massive thanks to, for, to Liam for coming on, um, giving us that insight. Always, always a pleasure and always fascinating. I know we don't say much, but I'm actually sat here really fascinated Same. by it, and I'm sure, yeah. sure a lot of our listeners are as well. Um, so yeah, cheers for coming on. No, mate. no pleasure. No, thanks for having me. Uh, and next time we will try and get it in the county arms. Um, before we go, Dave, do you want to give us a? A plug about your blog. Yeah, yeah, new article coming up. Um, I wrote one for the When Saturday Comes Writers Competition uh, beginning of June. Um, topic of article was Kevin Francis. Um, now, because I didn't win the competition, I now have the silver lining of sharing it uh, with everybody else. So I, th- I think you, we've won the competition here, haven't we? You uh, have. <laughs> you have. So, yeah, that'll be up uh, very shortly. Um, one last thing about the Euros, actually, which I forgot to mention before, it was good to see Tom Cruise at the final because, um, you know, he's followed England for a while. You know, he's done Andorra away on a Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> but good to see he got a ticket for the final. Yeah, so. he's, he's thrown patio furniture around all across Europe. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, while we're plugging stuff, uh, although Dave went from plugging stuff to just plugging his own thoughts there. Um, yeah. Uh, Pete Wilson of this podcast has set up the podcast Fantasy Premier League 
thingy, majiggy bob. So if you're anything like me, you can set up your team and then not look at it for another nine months. So all the details for that will be probably on Twitter and stuff, I'd imagine. Have we tweeted it? Rose? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've already, we've already, we've already tweeted it. Yeah, absolutely. God, well, just find it, find it then if you like. Yeah, that. Just, if you don't, don't yeah. bother. <laughs> um, and just one final one from me. Um, get the Fan Hub app installed. I know we keep on plugging it, but it really, it really is uh, something that we're getting behind. And if you do listen to our podcast, obviously because you're listening to this now, please listen to it on the Fan Hub app because we get, we get um, sort of fan shares for it, and it, and it'll help us help us build ourselves up. So we, we do get some reward for it if you listen to our podcast in FanHub and if you read Dave's blog in FanHub as well. So it's all good. So all that's left to say is cheers to Nick and Dave for coming on. Yeah, cheers, oh, mate. Oh, not this again. <laughs> oh, I've had a bloody week. No, no, I'm joking, mate. It's always a pleasure <laughs> to talk to you every single week. And, um, and you, mate, and you. Cheers, bud. Right. Um, yeah, and we'll uh, obviously next week we'll start to think about the friendlies. Happy, happy days. Cheerio, everybody. Bye, Bye now. the 90th minute all your mates around you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget snatching all three points perfect order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app you in at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonalds.com Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 